0: Welcome to Encounter Church. My name is Dallas. So excited to be here with you today. Um, Today I'm going to continue the series that Chris started last week. I'm also going to wrap up the the series that Chris started last week on Summer Essentials. Now, today when we're thinking about Summer Essentials, especially today, I think we would all agree a couple might be AC. Um, a nice swimming pool, a beach day, and all of those things are so, so very important. Um, But Chris talked about being patient last week and how that's not just an essential that we want to have in the summertime, but all the time. And so today I want to talk about another one. Next week, we will not have a service. We will not have an online service. We're going to take a week to refresh Our amazing, awesome volunteers that you often may not see a lot, we're going to give them a week off because they're the ones that make this happen every single week, and so we want them to be able to go enjoy their 4th of July weekend. Um, So no service next week, and then we'll pick things back up the following on July 10th. So how many of you would call yourself a runner? Like you enjoy running, like going for a jog. You enjoy it. Okay. Um, You go ahead and put your hands down because, no, you don't. Um, you, you enjoy the feeling you get from running. You enjoy the music you're listening to while you're running. You maybe enjoy the health benefits that come from running. But I've asked people before, do you enjoy, they're like, I love running. But then I see them out running and the faces they're making, they're not enjoying themselves. It's, uh, it's tough, it's hard, and I know this because I used to be a bit of a runner myself. Not so much anymore. In fact, if you see me out running, I would ask that you check on me. Because I may be running from someone. I may be running from some danger or some damage that I've caused somewhere. So just make sure to check, why, am I, why is he running? Um, but a few years ago, I did complete two half marathons. That's 13 miles. 13.1 miles. Two in two years. Um, The second one that I ran, I had two goals. The first was I wanted to run the whole way just as I did in the first one, meaning like never walk. I want to jog the whole way through. And my second goal, of course, was to beat my time from the first half marathon I ran. Not going to tell you what it was, um, but I wanted to beat that time and get a little bit faster. So I started training for this half marathon, and as I was training, I was using these hills, and I was going up these hills, and as I would start to go up these hills, I started feeling this pain right in the front of my hip, and I was like, okay, I need to chill out on the hills. I, I, you know, I started to ice. I took care of my hip, and then I was like, okay, everything's good, and from there, that moment forward, I just trained on flat ground, because every half or full marathon is absolute flat ground, right? No. Um, so, but I, I was, and I don't want to hurt my hip anymore. But I get into the actual race on race day, and about mile three or four, I start to feel it. I'm like, oh no! And it starts to get worse and worse, and just starts to throb, and I start practically limping. But I had two goals. I'm not going to stop, and I'm going to finish by running the entire way, and I want to beat my previous time, no matter what the pain is. And I push through. Um, about halfway, I, I see my wife and kids cheering me on. I'm like, oh, hey, guys, how you doing? And <laughs> just started limping, and I was the one, if you've ever ran, I was like, oh, oh. Oh, uh, uh, And people running by me are like, oh, my gosh, chill out. Like, take care of yourself. But the pain was so bad, I finished. I ran the whole way. I limped the whole way. I practically fell across the finish line. But I did it, and I beat my previous time. I was so pumped. I was so excited, but I was also so in pain. In fact, the damage that I caused to my hip This was probably six years ago that I ran this, and now if I sit too long in a car or sit too long at work, I start to feel the pain. Definitely if I try to go out for a run, I start to feel the pain. I'm at a place now where I'm getting older, and I can tell you if it's going to rain because of the pain that I begin to feel in my hip because I had a goal. And I was driving towards my dream, towards my goal, and nothing was going to get in my way. I paid no attention in my pursuit of reaching my goal to the damage that I was causing, the possible lifelong damage that I was causing. And I think what happens is that sometimes this happens to us in life. We have a dream. Maybe it's it's in our job. Maybe it's in a hobby. Maybe it's in some other area where we're just like, we get so focused on getting there and we pay no attention to the damage that we're causing to ourselves and possibly others by not being present right where you are. So as last week Chris talked about being patient, today I want to talk about being present. Stopping where you are, and taking in the moment. Um, I want to go to a passage in the book of Luke, and where we pick it up, Jesus and his disciples were traveling around, everything was going good, and there were followers and people who loved Jesus, who and other people who would often open their homes to all of them, to feed them, give them a place to rest, and... This particular um, person named Martha opened her home to Jesus, and she had a sister named Mary. Now, Martha and Mary also had a brother that maybe you've heard of named Lazarus. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus loved Jesus, and Jesus loved them. They were all very tight, very close friends. Um, And so we're going to start in Luke 10, 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So you have Martha, and you have Mary. Martha's just, she's got the apron on, she's cooking, she's cleaning, she's getting the house prepared, she's making the beds, she's getting everything done, work, 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 work. And there's her sister Mary sitting on the floor in her house. Now, I would admit, in our house, my wife is the Martha, and I'm the Mary. But you see which one Jesus was more proud of. Just kidding. Um, so sometimes I think, like we... We get so caught up in being a Martha. We're like, we gotta go, we gotta do this, I gotta work, I gotta clean this, I gotta do that, I gotta do this at my job, I gotta do this, I gotta fulfill this feeling for this hobby or this or that, or watch all these videos or do this. And we get so caught up. She has Jesus sitting in her living room and she can't even take the time to go be with him. And Jesus' response was not. I'm going to stay out of it. No, this is between sisters. Don't be pulling me into that. It wasn't that. And it wasn't, Mary, come on. You know, maybe you could go help out a little bit. We can chat later. It wasn't even that. Jesus was like, no, Martha. Mary's right. She's here, present in the moment. That's what I want for you, Martha. That's what I want for everybody. Slow down, put this stuff away, come sit down, be present. With me. So I think when we get caught up being a Martha, just as I did to my hip without realizing, I think we're causing damage along the way that we may not realize. Because look what happened to Martha. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. That word distracted in the Greek is perispo. Everybody say perispo. I've been working on it all week. I knew I was going to get up here and blow it. Paris Poe. But what it means is to be pulled away, to be pulled in many directions, to not be able to be present. Distracted is the opposite of present. Now I'm going to admit, I am probably by far the most distracted person in this room. Get the most distracted. In fact, my wife likes to send me pictures. Um, like one day I got this one. She said, uh, when you left for work, I went to get a cup of coffee. And once again, the coffee pot was not where it belongs. You left it in the cabinet when you got in there to get a plate out. It's like, oh, yeah, I was a little distracted. <laughs> or another, another one she liked to send me was uh, these. She said, uh, you know how you were looking for your car keys all morning? Well, I found them right in the refrigerator where you left them. Um, just this week, I'm sitting at work, trying to work hard to make money for my family. And my wife texts me and says, where's our car keys? She had to take my son to a baseball tournament. She's like, we have to leave now. Where Do you know where you put the car keys? I'm like, I'm trying to work. I don't know where your car keys are. I have my car keys right here on the table in front of me. I don't know where your car keys are. She responded a minute later and said, but I have to find them. I don't know what you've done with them. And I don't. I was like, I didn't do anything with the car keys. I don't know where you put the car keys, but I don't know. And I reached into my pocket. And there they were. And I just responded and said, I'll be home in 30 minutes. <laughs> and um, I just get so distracted by everything. My kids like to ask, like after I speak, my kids say, how do you do that? I'm like, well, thank you, son. I appreciate that. Well, you know, this is kind of how I. And they're like, no, 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 no. How do you do that? Because you can't focus for more than a minute. I'm like, okay. I thought you were complimenting me, and here I am getting ridiculed. Um, but I, I am full of distractions. I struggle with it very much. I'll get on my phone and start watching videos, just like anything. And just the next one comes. And the next one comes, and. Off in the distance, miles away, I hear, dad, dad. And I kind of hear it in the back of my, and then I hear another voice say, he can't even hear you. And I'm like, ouch, because I just, I struggle a lot of times to be present. And I think in life, when we get so focused in on being better, reaching goals, doing things, that we do cause damage. And I think there's two two things that we damage, and the first one is is that we're damaging ourselves. You're damaging yourself in your pursuit of whatever it is. And um, if we look, Jesus told Martha, he said, you're worried and upset about many things. Worried and upset leads to stress, leads to unhealthy bodies mentally, emotionally, and physically. Have you ever seen those pictures of the U.S. presidents when they started and then when they finished, the difference in how they look? President Clinton, that's eight years apart, just the stress of the job. President Bush, eight years apart. President Obama. I was looking through these yesterday, and my son said, is that even the same person? I'm like, yeah, it is. It's hard to tell, right? This one blows my mind every time I see it. Four years. That's four years. So stressful. What a, what a stressful time that, that uh, President Lincoln went through. Um, oh. That's, if I don't get my distractions together, this is where I'm headed, right? Um, Ecclesiastes 4.6 says, one handful of rest is better than two hands full of work and trying to catch the wind. So some of you are saying, okay, Dallas is sitting up here telling us we shouldn't have presidents, that we should just drift through life like a log on a river. No, that, that's, don't hear what I'm not saying. I am so thankful for our presidents, all of them. I would never want to do that job at all. I'm thankful for the sacrifice that they made away from their families to do that job and to lead our nation. I am thankful for many things like that. And I think hard work is awesome. In fact, I think it's godly. But what I'm saying is if you're overdoing it and you're just doing something that's causing you stress, worry, anxiety, you're upset about many things, it's going to take a toll on your body in many ways. So we're damaging ourselves. Another, the other area I think that we're damaging is we're damaging others. We're damaging our relationships with those who are close to us, those who depend on us, those who love us the most, and those who we say we love the most. And uh, we, we see this between Martha and Mary. Martha comes in and she says to Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Can't you picture this? After, like, the meal's done and everybody leaves and Mary goes over to the door and she's like, all right, Jesus, so you and the disciples are on your way now. Be good and uh, God bless you. Good luck to you. And she shuts the door and she turns around. You're going to tell Jesus on me? Really, Martha? And how did it work out for you, Martha? You like that, huh? And Mar- Martha's like, Mary, you're doing nothing. You're sitting in there and you made me look bad. Like, you should have been, and they just probably going at it back and forth, right? And causing this strain in their relationship. And maybe the damage that we're causing to others may not be like that. But by not being present, could we be causing damage that we don't realize by not being there? Not being there physically, maybe? Not being there emotionally? Not being present with your children, spouse, others in the moment? And um, so I had, last week, every time I would go into the garage, this bird would fly out. I was like, oh. And I was like, how did that thing get in here? And then we were sitting outside. I noticed this really smart bird. It, it would fly down, go under this screen door, and then fly up. And I had this broken window. Um, and the bird would fly into that and go in. And every, every time I'd go out, the bird would fly back out. And I was like, oh, that's what it wants. There's, there was some bird seed in there. So this bird kept coming in to get this bird seed. I was like, all right, I don't want no bird in my garage. So I repaired the window and made sure the bird couldn't get back in. Good to go. Everything's fine. The next day, I was cleaning the garage up a little bit and putting things away. And there were, we have this motorcycle-type helmet. I don't even know why I have this thing. But in, inside of this helmet, it's like, oh, there's a nest in there. That's what she was doing. She was building a nest. But she's not going to build it in my garage. That's right. I found out, and I got her out. So she's going to go out to go build, build her nest somewhere else. But then I heard something in the nest. And I saw something moved, and I looked a little closer and saw this. I was like, no, what have I done? This was a day later. That's two babies and an egg that hasn't even hatched yet. So these are probably one day old. And I'm like, okay, I, I can't move. And listen, in our family, we love animals, every animal. My son one time took an ant and put it in a jar so it wouldn't die and tried to keep it alive. I'm like, you're actually killing it by doing that. But we love animals. And so I was like heartbroken. I'm like, okay. What do I do? If I move the nest, then if I touch them or get too close to them, I I think, like, the mother will eat them, or I've heard that, or, like, she'll abandon them. I don't know for sure, but I know it's not good to touch them. I'm not going to go re-break my window so she can get back in, but i got to figure something out. So I actually picked up the helmet, and I took it outside and put it on a flower bed that sits outside. And then I went inside, and I waited, and I watched. And almost immediately, Mama Bird came back. I was like, yes! She started feeding them. She got in there with them. And even another bird, like Papa Bird came by, and a little chipmunk tried to get in there. And he chased it off. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is wonderful. I did it. I saved the day. And we would, like, look at him and everything, but not get too close. Well, the next day, I went out there, and I looked. And Mama Bird wasn't around, and they were both dead. And I was like, oh, no. And my kids saw it, and they were like, what did you do? I'm like, I'm sorry, I know. I, and so I kind of started reading, like, how did this happen? Like, Mama came back. But these birds, they require constant presence in the beginning. And they ha- they, for a few weeks, they have to have their mother bird in there with them all the time for warmth, for food, for protection, and just for presence. Because presence brings life. And as the mama bird had left, so much damage was caused to these birds just by her not being there. And I think that may be happening to several children, that may be happening to several loved ones, the damage that we may not realize from not being there. Could it be that, I mean, do we want our children to grow up and one day they're going through something, but they don't reach out to us because we were never there for them when they were little? Do we want our children to grow up and get a serious issue and then slip into depression because they had nobody to reach out to because we didn't listen to them when they were little. And uh, we have, th- this is hanging in our, in our house. Um, so this is, this is how many weeks are left until our children move out. And I, I actually made, the, these are our kids' names. Don't ask me why we made them where they all sound the same. With my distraction issues, it's not a good thing. I can't even call them by the right name. But we made this like when Dagan was where daily before daily was even born. Um, And a a lot of days, Don and I look at it, and we're like, 477, honey. We can make it. we got 477 left. How many days is that? How many hours? I think we can make it. Um, But a lot of days, most days, I look at this, and I'm absolutely filled with regret. Because I'm like, am I running out of time? Was I there enough? Did I go into enough games? Did I spend enough time with them? Was I too busy on my phone when they were trying to tell me something? Did I not go out and play catch with them enough when they wanted to? Did I not help with homework because I was too busy reading a book or doing something myself? What have I done? Have I, We have one getting ready to leave. Have I done enough? And just filled with this regret and this fear that I wasn't present enough. And I know it's hard. If you have, if you, our our kids are old, our youngest is nine. I remember when they were little. (laughs) It was exhausting. Absolutely exhausting. I've done the monster time. I've done the shark in the water. I've done the drill time, I could go through all these, and you're like, what is that? It's all these little games we play and everything, and it's exhausting, and I know there's times like, I don't want to go home from work yet, because as soon as I get in my car, my kids are going to attack me and want to play, and I have nothing left, but I know a lot of times people used to say to us, you're going to miss these days, I'm like, easy for you to say, as you go for a walk without children hanging on you. And I can honestly say as somebody who had four young children, let me be the first person to tell you, if you have young children or one day you're planning on having young children, you're not going to miss those days. They're exhausting and they're hurtful. They're painful days. It's long days, getting up in the nights and all this and that and dealing and helping and all this. kids. You're not going to miss that. But you may regret it. You may have regrets about those days that you didn't spend enough time you weren't there enough. You weren't present enough. And my my son, uh, daily. He he plays Minecraft, and he'll spend hours like building a Minecraft world, and then he wants to show it to me. I'm like, oh my goodness! And he goes on and on and on. He's like, so we have uh, this over here, and. Uh, and he's just, like, built this whole world. And I'm just like, and I think, he, I'm like, oh, that was awesome. He's like, oh, no, 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 that's just the beginning. And he just keeps going and keeps showing. And I'm like, oh. And so when preparing for this message, right, when I'm preparing, I'm like, I want to do better, you know, practice what I preach. So I sit there, and I'm listening to him, and I'm like, Daley, did, did you put that light in that Burger King, like, there? So, you know, just in case people come in and they want to sit there, they can see. And he, like, looked at me. He's like, okay. So this is, and he was so excited. He started telling me all about it. I just kept asking him questions. And it meant so much to him that I was interested in what he was interested in. He's going to remember that. you got a a little girl who wants to do a tea party, a little boy who wants to do a tea party, whatever it may. They're going to remember you sitting there drinking that fake tea. That's what they're going to remember. Not how much money you brought home. Not how high a golf score you got. That's what they're going to remember. So. Jesus. Tells Martha. Said few things are needed. Or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. Says only one. And it is better. And I'm not taking it away from her. So. This is, and I, I don't mean to insult anyone's intelligence, but I, my wife actually didn't know what this was, so I assume there might be other people in here who don't. This is a funnel. This is a, used like for changing oil in a car. Now, I change, I change the oil in our cars, and if you know me well, you can realize what a fiasco that was the first time I tried, and that's another story for another time. Um, but what you do is you, you know, you let the oil out, put the plug back in, and then I use this. I put it inside where you pour the oil. That way I don't spill oil everywhere. And oil, I pour the oil in. Now, oil's really thick when it's brand new, and then it breaks down as it goes to the engine. It's really thick when it's brand new. So as you pour it in, it fills up quickly. And so let it drain down slowly. It's skinny down here. So I pour more in. Fills up again. And you keep doing that until you've put all the oil in that's required. And I think what we're doing, when we're focusing on those goals of this world and on things that one day will fade away, I know what we're doing, and I get it. You're trying to fill a void in your soul. And by getting that job promotion, getting that raise, getting that new job, getting that new house, succeeding in that hobby, it will fill you up. Like, you're going for it, and you will be slam full. But eventually, it's going to fade. And you're going to fill up again with something else, maybe the same thing again. But eventually, it's going to fade. Tom Brady, the second-best quarterback. Just kidding. Patrick Mahomes. Um, Tom Brady, when he won his third Super Bowl, he sat in an interview on 60 Minutes. And this guy's the most popular guy in the world at the moment. He just won three Super Bowls in four years. A dynasty. Good-looking guy. Good-looking family. Lots of money. And they said, you know what? Like, how, how do you feel, man? Like, how does it feel? Tom Brady said this. He's like, you know, like, I, I just won three Super Bowls in four years. The greatest achievement in sports. I got an awesome wife, kids, and I got all this money in these cars. And he said, But there's gotta be more than this, right? He's like, there's something missing. Like if Tom Brady can't be full, after all of that, how can any of us ever be? And I, I tell my kids all the time, you know, professional athletes aren't, they're not full. A lot of times they're miserable because they they forget they fill themselves up. But then again, it fades out slowly. My dad tells me this, told me this story one time about he was changing the oil on his car, and it was, at, it was at a house where he wasn't supposed to be changing the oil on this person's driveway because it was a brand-new driveway. But he said, I had to change my oil, but I just thought, I'm going to be really careful. So he put down a bunch of blankets and towels. He put cardboard on top of those, and then he put his oil pan on top of that. And he said, to be extra careful, I'm going to put this funnel into the oil pan right under where the oil comes out. That way, when it goes into the funnel, it will go into the oil pan, and it won't splash anywhere. Just I want to make sure I don't get one little drop on this driveway. So he takes out the plug. It slips out of his hand and goes into the funnel. Plugs up the funnel, and here comes the oil. And pours all over the driveway that he was trying not to get dirty. You see, when you go sit at the feet of Jesus, and you get to know Jesus, and you worship him, and you read about him, and you learn about him, and you lean on him, what happens is you don't just become full But you begin to overflow into other people, into your kids, into your spouse, into those around you. And you're just so full of peace and love and joy. And I just can't help but go. And I don't think there's any way to do it without that. He's so filling. He's so overflowing. And days that I don't spend time with him, I'm a bear. I get so distracted from everything. I think we have to go to him. I think that Martha was sitting there, and Jesus was like, Mary, I'm sorry, Mary was sitting there, he's like, Mary, you know, one day you might have kids, listen, spend your time with them, just like you were doing it with me, teach them about me, love them, maybe one day you'll have a spouse, love your spouse, spend time with them, that's what matters, yeah, work hard in your career, do that, take breaks for yourself, and do things that fill you, but to be slamful, overflowing, do things my way. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 says, So be careful how you live as men who are wise and not foolish. Make the best use of your time. These these are sinful days. Do not be foolish. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. My wife gets so tired of me. I, like she says, she's like, We well, just go away. Leave me alone. Let me be. I, ju- I become so annoying. And, like, we take walks together. We watch TV together. And she's like, I just have a minute? And I take that as encouragement that she feels so valued. She feels so loved. And I'm just going to be honest, and she would tell you this. When we got married in 2003, I dare say we weren't head over heels in love by no means. But what happened was somebody invited us to church, and we met Jesus there. And both of us, we didn't start to get closer together. We just started to get closer and closer to him, and this is what happened. I fell so in love with my wife. She fell in love with me, and now I can't get enough of her. I wanted to feel valued. I wanted to feel loved. I want my children to feel valued, loved, to know that dad's always there. I want you to text me when you're older. This morning, my my son had to go to a baseball game, and after he left, he sent me a text. (laughs) He said, said, I'm sorry I can't be there today, but I'm so proud of you. I don't know how you stand in front of those people and preach, but you're amazing, and I love you. I'm like, (laughs) that's it. That's it. I don't care about the the next job promotion. I want my babies to know I love them, and I'm here. I'm present with them. The last thing I'll say is this, is that um, nobody's ever, like, brought up my marathon, um, you know, experience. And, like, I even have my medals hanging in my cube at work, and nobody asked me about them. (laughs) I'm like, you (laughs) um, And... But you, do, you know what people do notice? They're like, you have a slight limp after you've been sitting a while. <laughs> What's that from? They don't, people don't see the, the goals that we've achieved. But they see the damage that may have been caused in pursuit of those along the way. So I encourage you to try to be present. Next week, we don't have church. I would say, next week, plan something with your family, with those close to you, something they want to do. Just say, hey, you know what? We don't have church next Sunday. 10.30, put it on the calendar. What do you want to do? And do it. And watch their face when you tell them, we're doing what you want to do. This is for you. Because presence and being presence brings life. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for your continued presence in our life. We thank you for the work that you've done on the cross um, and through your Holy Spirit that you will always be present with us for those who believe. God, as I am, I know there's people in this room and people online who may realize that they have a damaged relationship and thank God that it is not too late. It can be repaired. You can do a mighty work. Help us to lean on you, Lord. I pray that relationships that need to be healed, that you will do that. I pray for those who have young children or a new marriage, God, that you will help them to start out the right way by leaning on you and going to you and sitting at your feet to learn from you. Martha was a hard worker. And I love that I believe she finally got it right, knowing that your presence was all that mattered and being with you. God, help us today. To lean on you. To focus on you. Jesus, show us what our next step is to become closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song called The King of My Heart. And I honestly believe. um, I've worked with kids for a long time. uh, 20 years now. And I've been a parent for 18 years. And I think I know a little bit about working with kids and parenting a little bit. But I found three things That can make a successful parent when I see, you know, people who have older kids. And I think you have to be firm as a parent. You got to be firm. You got to show grace. And you got to be present with them. And so I believe that if you are not in relationship with Jesus, this is really hard. So maybe you're in a place where like your next step is, you know what, Jesus, I want to give my life to you and live for you and do things your way. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. Or maybe you're following Jesus and you're like me and you're like, I I take too much time away from him. I need to read more. I need to lean on him more. I need to talk to him more. I need to get to know him more. Maybe that's where you're at. Wherever you are, as we sing about Jesus being the king of our heart, just respond to him, lift it up to him, and watch what he can do.